from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride a bike I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. Necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Vault Talk, the most magical podcast in the Goliverse, the most magical podcast on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you as now we are discussing the Pixar films. We've been through the animated films of the Disney Studios, and now we're into Pixar. We've done Toy Story. We've done A Bug's Life, and now we get to A Bug's Life 2. But it's not just me doing this. It is the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk who's keeping us going and making sure that we are going to do things just right. She is, uh, she's, she's high off of a new job right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. I forgot to pull up your music. Uh, it's okay. Oh, my gosh. Hi. I'm so excited. Because we're back. It's been, an, I was looking, I think it's been like two months. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, Just you had minute. you had end of school stuff, and I had we're, stuff. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. And I was getting a new job, and schedules are crazy. And also, I discovered something, Steve. What's that? I'm responsible for scheduling. That's uh, right. So. I, thought, I thought you always knew that. <laughs> I don't know. You're the boss of this thing. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently I just have to be more proactive because I was all like, I guess we'll do it whenever, la, 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 la. <laughs> well, for so long, for so long, you've always kind of stayed on top of it. And so I just, yeah, so. I sincerely just said, well, she's really busy. She's got stuff going on. I, it, oddly enough, I didn't jump to, well, Teresa hates me. Because usually, yeah, no, I didn't. Usually, if people jump to, usually, if people stop kind of talking to me for a minute or, or we fall out of touch, I'm always like, well, they're probably mad at me about something. No, see, that's the funny thing is I just, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, he's just busy. You know, he'll probably let me know when he has time, da, da, da. <laughs> and then, yeah, so come to find out. So anybody that's listening, the reason you haven't had a show in so long is my fault. And, uh. Well, no, look, it's no, it's nobody's fault. It's just stuff. And, and, and it's, and it's us. It's me understanding a circumstance much different than you understood a circumstance. <laughs> 
It's you really... would think I would understand it by now. Well, uh, oh, look, dear. it's just one of those things that happen. You know, we, we, uh, we, we've never really officially said, Teresa, you schedule. That's true. You know, but it's just true. always been, hey, you want to do this? You want to do this? And so, and I've always been like, yeah, sure. And I kind of, and that's how it's been with all the co-hosts of all the Disney, of all the Disney shows, of all the Gulliver shows. It's like, when they tell me they're ready to rock and roll, we, we get on and do it, you know, and I try to make time to do it if I have the time or, or, or can squeeze it into the schedule. Fortunately for me, uh, right now we've got some time and what a movie, what a fun movie we watched, Toy Story yes. 2. And, uh, got, I got a lot to say about this one as we get into it, as I know you do as well, Teresa, but, um, of course. before we get into, to all of that, congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be fun scary but it's fun and there was it's fun there was something else i wanted to talk to you about oh um how did you like solo i actually loved it it was so fun it was a fun movie and it was funny and there was cool droids and there was han solo and the falcon and lando and this now i know why the falcon looks like crap and Lando's mad about it. <laughs> uh, I get I get the idea that the Falcon kind of looked like crap under all that paneling anyway. Like, uh-huh. that was Lando trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I actually think it's a very good movie. I think it's one of those that, okay, so it's not doing great at the box office. So what? Like, it's still, they're still making money, by the way. So, they're not losing money. They're making money. And... Disney's okay with having like something that doesn't necessarily work all the time. I mean, not all their movies work all the time. It's not a big deal. Everybody calm down. Yeah, but I I I think though that when you're talking about a franchise like Star Wars that I, I you know, look, I don't know that it's a box office failure, but it's definitely a box office bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, for for Disney and you know, there there are words like failure and flop and that sort of thing. But it was really, it really underperformed, especially after the budget was so high based on, you know, having to bring in Ron Howard and reshoot so much of it and everything. They, 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 they spent a lot of money on this and, and unfortunately weren't able to make it back as much as they would have liked to. And it is the lowest grossing Star Wars film since Clone Wars, since the, uh, since the Clone Wars was in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think that, you know, it does. the The problem is the discussion that spins out of that is is you have such. It comes back to the whole thing of of back at the back at Christmas time when we talked about the Last Jedi. There's so much vitriol. There's so much just disdain here and there for different things. And if you like something, then you're bad. If you don't like something, then you're bad. And and um and so no one has actually had a, a decent discussion about why why the box office was so slow. And I think it was a multiple factors. Um, mm-hmm. but it's unfortunate because the movie is a lot of fun and your mm-hmm. boy and your boyfriend shows up at the very end. I know. And, and that was just a great little geek moment for me. I just said that was so, I was just blown away by it. It was just, I was, Oh my gosh. I was like, this is great. Oh, I feel so sorry for the people who haven't watched the animation. <laughs> well, I do too. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I like the fact that there are people who hadn't watched the animation who might be like, wait a minute, what? You know, who may be Star Wars fans and thinking, I thought he was dead. And and then you're able to open up this whole other world to them, you know, from the Clone Wars right on through to Rebels. And and it's just such a, it, I, it was just so much fun. And and I had, I didn't have a lot of trouble with Alden Ehrenreich stepping into that. And 
I, I was able to slide right into him being portrayed as solo. Love Chewbacca in this movie. Mm-hmm. Loved, loved, loved Chewie. Yeah, he movie. was great. Um, Chewie and, was so funny. And uh, and the first time we meet Lando, old Donald Glover, he was doing his best Billy D. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I, I, I had a lot of fun. I loved all the, I mean, tons of Easter eggs, but none of them. Like, one of my problems with Rogue One were the cameos, first by uh, Walrus Man and Dr. Evanson when they're on Jeddah, and he's like, you just watch yourself. I'm like, come on, that's a little too on the nose. And then the 3PO R2 thing, the, the 3PO line was a little, uh, it, 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 was a, it was a little uh, clunky to me, 3PO's mm-hmm. line there. I like seeing him. I don't think they even had to say anything, but his line was a little clunky. So those were kind of my biggest cameo issues or Easter egg issues from from there. Here, all the Easter eggs were great. All the little cameo, the cape, uh, all the stuff was just so good to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yay, Solo. Yay, Solo. Yay, so- if you haven't had a chance to see it, I, I think it's... There's still some theaters showing it. You know, get out and see it. It's not worth... You know, a lot of people are like, well, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Okay, fine. You can wait. That's your business. But, you know, it's a good movie to go see in a theater. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, um, was there anything else I want to talk to you about? We hadn't talked about Infinity War. Oh, my God. That movie. I just... <laughs> I... Oh, wow. It was so good. Welcome to Geek and, Out Loud, everybody. And I... <laughs> At the end of it, I'm like, whoa. And then I went and saw it again with the team from the Lego store. Mm -hmm. And one of our employees, he is obsessed with Spider-Man. And when Spider-Man is like, I don't want to go, no, no, no. He bust out into like the loudest crying I have heard in a movie. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God, go down. (laughs) (laughs) But so passionate yeah right uh yeah it was good i really enjoyed it i think i've seen it now three times maybe yeah i saw i I saw it twice i don't think i got to go see it a third time um i i loved it it was everything that marvel has been promising for 10 years Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it is it is the culmination of everything since Thanos just first turned around at the end of Avengers. You know, in the in the old po- in the mid credit sequence of Avengers, and and I couldn't get over it. I could not believe just how well they brought everything together, and 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 there and then I saw and then I saw the internet. You know, and I saw the yeah. articles and I saw the articles of like. You know, this is why it's stupid. It has no stakes, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, do you people not read comic books? Have you never picked up a comic book in your life? This was a classic, just comic book cliffhanger, you know, that's going to leave us hanging until next year when we get the second part. And I just, I am, I am amazingly stoked about all this. And mm-hmm. I love what Marvel Studios has done. And, um, and there's a piece of news I'm sure we'll talk about at Disney Watch that, um, that makes me even more excited for Marvel Studios and what they can do in the future. Uh, I, I I am intrigued by this. Teresa, do you know who was left at the end? Do you realize who was left? I was trying to figure that out. Okay, well, let me help you here. Okay. Captain America. Right. Iron Man. Right. Thor. Right. Hulk. Right. Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And somewhere out there, Hawkeye. 
The original Avengers. So the original. Yeah, the That's original. That's what I thought. Are the ones that are left. And I just love the idea that the original Avengers are going to have to assemble to set things right. It's just so exciting. I just. Well, I've, yeah. And I. You know what, though? Like, I don't know. All the dust people, they're not dead. No, that's the point. And I also don't think Gamora's dead either, because I think she's trapped in the Soul Stone. Maybe, but I, I, you know what, here's, do you think Loki's dead? I don't know, he's tricky. (laughs) 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 He's tricky. Um, I, look, I think, I I know they're not all, there's going to be returns, of course. I mean, Spider-Man 2 is on the horizon, for crying out loud. Yeah, so, know, right? and so they're not going to kill off Black Panther. No, no, not after all the money that movie made. But the thing is, it's like it's just like when you're reading a comic book, and it's like, oh my gosh, how are they going to get out of this one? You know, right? But this is where the comic book ended, though, right? No, Did they, the, didn't the comic end this way? Not at all. No, I thought it didn't. No, it end. No, the the original Infinity Gauntlet storyline, he snaps his fingers early on, and. And and the people disappear, and the people go, and so the leftovers have to go fight him. You know they they're, and um, and of course it's the whole cast of Marvel characters: X Men, Fantastic Four, Avengers. Everyone goes after Thanos. On uh, Thanos X-Men. is on Thanos is on turf, and so, um, and yeah, they have to they have to get. They have to work to to set things right to use the Infinity Gauntlet to set everything back, the way it's supposed to be. And and I'm sure that's what we'll see in a sequel, you know, and, and, and that's fine. Here's the thing. That's fine with me because th- the story that we're getting leading up to this has been so good, and, and I can't imagine it's going to be anything but amazing when we get... The Russos have just done an incredible job mm-hmm. with, with the Marvel franchises that they've got to put their fingers to and their hands to, and I I just hope that one day they get, we get to see a Russo-written or directed x-men movie or fantastic four oh, movie. i think yes, just please. Be, i think it would be incredible i think it would be incredible you know what else is incredible what's that incredibles 2 i haven't seen it yet and i want to so badly oh my god steve incredibles 2 is better than the incredibles that's what i'm hearing and we had someone it's... we had someone tweet us both that was and i forget who who you were and i apologize for not remembering off the top of my head but they were saying that they wish that they would have aged them like 13 years you know, because that's how long it's been since the movie came out or what have you, or 14 years. And I disagree. I disagree with that, too, because you're dealing in a cartoon universe. You're dealing in a time frame that's... This would actually... There, if you look at the newspaper that he's reading in the first Incredibles, it's like in the 60s or something. So you don't have to age. You know, this isn't real life. This isn't like, you know, taking Star Wars characters and like, well, Mark Hamill doesn't look 30 years younger anymore, so we're going to age him 30 years in the story. You can you can pick right up where you left off, and it's okay. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, I I disagree with the aging. I think it's great to not age them. It fed the story really well, and I know you haven't seen it yet. My favorite part of this entire movie is Jack Jack, mm-hmm. and so and it wouldn't have worked if Jack Jack had been aged up. Right. It just it would not have worked. So, Incredibles two, hooray! Uh, really quickly. I did do some numbers research. Mm-hmm. 
as much as I can't say numbers, I do love the numbers yeah. with the box office. Okay, so the original Incredibles did $261.4 million domestically, and you add that with the foreign markets, and it was $633 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. And its opening weekend, it did $70.4 million, and mm-hmm. it was in theaters for 161 days. Yeah. Which is great, and it mm-hmm. and Incredibles did really really well back then. Right, and you know one of the reasons it did well is because that Revenge of the Sith teaser was attached to it. Mm-hmm. So Incredibles two so far it has been out for six days. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. It did two hundred and fifty three point one million dollars domestically so far. Yeah. By the end of today, I believe, as I was reading something on Forbes from mm-hmm. Scott Mendelson, uh, who started following me on Twitter, by the way, which blew my mind. Wow. I was like the box office guy. <laughs> uh, so Hi Scott. Hi Scott. Uh it should pass that domestic number. The Incredibles, the original Incredibles, mm-hmm. total domestic number, it should pass that by the end of today. That's fantastic. I, listen, it has the highest opening weekend of any animated film ever, I believe. I think so. And then so far it's done, if you add foreign markets, $328.2 million. So that's, you know, half. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind it's only been out for six days. That's amazing. Uh, and its opening weekend was $182.6 million. So from 70.4 to 182. Yeah. That's, that's a big difference. Yeah. Also, there's inflation and crap in here, but I don't care. I'm just looking at the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yay, Incredibles 2. And you know what's funny is that I didn't see it opening weekend. And then I was recording Bookworms on Wednesday, and I was asked if I had seen it yet. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, why is that? Well... The day after, so yesterday, Thursday, Greg and I both didn't have to go to work till like five, and I had two free movie tickets, and I was like, "We're going to Incredibles at ten fifty in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> so we went, and there are crying babies, you know, right. that just is the way it is. It did ten fifty a.m. movie, right. but it's not that distracting because there's a baby in the movie, so <laughs> it actually wasn't that distracting. Uh, you are, you need to go see it. You really need to go see it because there's so much I want to talk to you about. Well, I plan on I plan goals. on seeing it soon. Um, a little tight financially right now, but I plan on plan on hopefully seeing it in the next week or so. But um, but we'll get there. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it, and I've heard nothing but good stuff, and I can't wait to see it because The Incredibles is my favorite Pixar movie. Right. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll say this. I will put this out there in the universe. Uh oh. The Incredibles 2 sequel, to me, is on par with the Cars 3 sequel. <laughs> and, ter- and listen, for those of you who are Cars haters out there, Teresa loves Cars. So understand... Cars 3 is one, is like the best Pixar movie ever. So, just saying. And speaking of me. speaking of sequels, <laughs> how about that Creed 2 trailer? That's not Disney. Hold on. Let's keep going. Let's stay on track here. <laughs> stay, stay on target. Stay on, stay target. on target. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's let's jump into let's jump into the old mailbag. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend. Maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. 
From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. How can you read this? There's no pictures. And then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, I'll smash that weapon. Before we get into this first email, Teresa, there is one other thing I wanted to discuss. But you know what? I'm going to hold off. You should hold off like I should have, because mm-hmm. what I just talked about was supposed to be in Disney Watch. That's fine. I saw that. You just got excited. I'm going to Sorry. hold off until we get to a particular piece of audio. So instead, let's uh, let's jump into these things. Uh, we'll read, what, three or four? I'll start. Yeah. You want me to start with Jacob's here? Sure. Okay. Jacob says, and this is from November, guys, of All last of year. All of these are from November. Yeah. Congrats on finally making it through the animated films. I just want to take a moment to thank you both for the amazing podcast. I started listening to DVT as a sophomore in high school, and now I'll be graduating college in a year. Wow. Whoa. Is that true? Really? Have we been doing this for six years? Six years? No. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't sound accurate. He rushed through college. Jacob fin- He's a genius. <laughs> Jacob is just a genius that skipped over... When did over- we start this? He skipped over his his junior and senior years and has rushed through college. Through this period of great change in personal development life, I've always had your amazing show to listen to and fall back on. Thanks for all the work you've been in the show, your positivity, and of course, the constant laughs. When you're the best of friends. Oh, why are you bringing, constant- why are you bringing Fox and the Hound in the best of... In the la- Come on, Jacob. Okay, we started in 2014, so... Mm-hmm. Well, we started yeah. in October, October of 2014. No, no. That sounds July? right. July? I don't know. Okay. 2014 sometime. I'll check in a minute. I wanted to respond to your question of how you should proceed with covering new animated films. We figured it out, Jacob. To okay. echo what Matt Marks wrote in the previous show, I think it would be a good idea to wait until the film has been released on home video or is available to stream. That would allow time for people to form opinions about the movie before it's discussed. That said, I do like the format of your show in that you, you have two hosts that are coming from different perspectives. Steve represents viewers that are just getting into or back into Disney and perhaps have only seen the films once or a handful of times, while Teresa brings the background knowledge and represents viewers that are insanely geeky and involved about involved in the Disney animated canon. It's up to the listener's discretion as to how long we wait after seeing a new animated film before listening to your show about it, but waiting until the movie is streamable or released on home video will allow Teresa to watch the film multiple times and immerse herself in it, and Steve to not be a creeper in a movie theater full of children and see it at least once at home. Well, I tell you what, Jacob, there's something special about having a lady on your arm that makes you not so creepy when you walk into a theater full of kids to watch a movie, so that's good. Just my two cents, but I'm looking forward to whatever you all decide to do. Hopefully you can release the Meet the Robinsons episode. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Thanks, Jacob. Also, I had a question slash suggestion for the new format of the shows with the Pixar films. Will you be cover- Will you all be covering the animated short films that accompany the movies? Yes. No. Yes. yes it would be cool to do. do. It, we do. It would be cool to do a brief segment on the short film before your coverage of the movie. Maybe this can replace the music segment from the animated film since Pixar's uh, are mostly soundtrack based. Thanks again for all you guys do. And to infinity and beyond. That's from Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate the kind words first and foremost. And. Uh, Congratulations on your upcoming graduation, I guess. Yeah, but there's no way. That's this hasn't been six years. I think he I think he he doesn't go to college like the rest of us do. <laughs> All right. Well while I'm reading this one, maybe you can figure that out. I'll All right, our next out. one is from Kendall Roberts. She says, Hi again, Teresa and Steve. Princess Kendall here. I just listened to your latest vault talk, getting pumped for Pixar. 
Mm-hmm. And as usual, loved it. Like you, I'm really excited to jump into the world of Pixar. Even though there will not be as many wonderful songs, I was scrolling through a complete list of the Pixar productions, and wow, am I always blown away by the amount that Pixar has put out. I would say my top favorites are Brave, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, and Wally. My three favorite shorts, oh, this is good, The Blue, The Blue Umbrella, sorry, The Blue Umbrella, Piper, and Paper Man. Okay, Steve Piper, mm-hmm. when we were in Corpus Christi at the beach, there were sandpipers, and I was filming them, and I was like, this is like the Pixar short Piper. Piper, look, it's Piper. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure if Paper Man is Pixar or not. I don't think Paper Man I don't Man think Paper Man is. is Pixar. No, Paper Man is Disney animation. Disney. Mm-hmm. And he says, I will just turn a blind eye because it is amazing. Thank you so much for responding to my email. I was on my way to school when I heard my name. My heart dropped. In the best of ways, I am still here. Steve, don't think I will... Steve, don't think I will forget you questioning my honesty so soon. Just kidding. I think I vaguely remember that. What? She she wrote us before we read her email. She said something. I don't remember what it was. Also, I need to bring up something very important. Seagulls. Stop it now. We are all aware of its necessity in the world. So much that I may be using it for a presentation at school. Kendall, you can't, you can't. I I was looking up other information, Kendall, and I hadn't pre-read this email. And so you can't be dropping that stuff on me that quick like that. I am in school to become an American Sign Language interpreter. And we have to pick a short song to sign and present. My heart says yes. But my mind squints its eyes and shakes its head. Do I follow the wish that my heart makes or do I use my head? Please help me with this decision. I'm sorry if you already did your presentation. Well, of course she did. This was November. (laughs) If I do not go with that song, I'm definitely choosing a Disney tune. Any suggestions? This is the only suggestion you ever needed. Stop it now. Everybody. Listen, that is a great... You're getting to use slang. You're getting to, you know, use musical fill-ins with the sign language there. You're getting to use various and sundry pronouns and... Um, you get to dance. You get to dance. You get to talk about animals and hacky sacks. Come on. So she says, moving on. In my history class, my professor always references movies. Always. Just a few classes ago, he was talking about some terrible event in the past and said it was devastating, but not as much as Toy Story 3. (laughs) 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 When he said that, my eyes watered as I imagined. Oh, God. Uh, bullseye struggling as they face their doom. Oh, I'm getting choked up again. It's the saddest movie ever, even though it pulled on my heartstrings. I appreciate my teacher's understandings of the Pixar world. To end on a lighter note, I'm turning 19 on Saturday, November 18th. Happy birthday! Happy very belated birthday or very early birthday, Kendall. 
I have to say, as I get a little older, birthdays aren't as spectacular of an event. I feel like I'm making the most of this one, though. My dad does not like Disney, I know. He said I Disneyed him out when I was younger, so my birthday request is that we all watch Moana. I'm so excited. Of course, I will be a blubbering mess, but hey, that's a sign of a great movie. Let's be real. Almost all movies make me cry. That is all I have to say for now. I cannot wait for the upcoming podcast episodes. Hopefully, I didn't forget anything important. If I did, I know it will pop into my mind as soon as I hit send. Yours truly, Princess Kendall. So, Kendall, not only do movies make me cry, but apparently trailers. So the Christopher, the new longer Christopher Robin trailer. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, it's in front of the Incredibles, so. Oh no. And I was crying. <laughs> during the trailer and Greg looks at me at the end because I took my glasses off to wipe my face and he was just looking at me and I was like shut up Teresa, <laughs> I have like tears streaming down my face that trailer is yeah anyhow um <clears throat> okay now you you completely made me forget what I was going to say Oh, but birthday. Kendall, your birthday coming up this November. Here's the thing that I want you to do, and I want you to go ahead and put this in your in your backpack and, and have it ready to pull out. As you get older, yeah, you don't have like the big birthday parties you know, that you had as your kid and everything, but it's on you to make your birthday matter. And, and your friends and loved ones should also be celebrating you on your birthday. So uh, you can do what I do. I start the week before. And it's like my birthday week. Yeah, actually, I don't do a week before. I, the week of my birthday. So, like, the Sunday, like, let's say my birthday's on a Thursday. That Sunday before begins birthday week for me. And it goes right on through the next week. Now, my girlfriend, what she does, and I don't know if she wants me talking about this or not. I will, though. Um, her family growing up, they would celebrate the birthday week, and she still does as an adult celebrate the birthday week. And they would be visited leading up to their birthday, starting a week out from their birthday by the birthday fairy every day. Mm. And it would just be like a little something special, you know, that might make them kind of happy. You know, it might be anything from just a, uh, a special type of candy to, you know, something just kind of fun and silly, you know, just something to make them smile and enjoy. Well, so this year on my birthday week, Are I, you the birthday fairy? I got treated to birthday fairy stuff. I'm like, well, this is new. And I really liked it. It was really cool. So yeah, this week, this week, cause her birthday is on the twenty eighth of this month. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Wear yeah. wings. I know I don't wear wings, but I do try to stick things. I, I do try to do it so she has to, you know, so she'll find something unexpectedly, that sort of thing. Mm. So, like, I went over to her house really late the other night and hung something on her car mirror. So that when she walked out the door that morning to walk the dog, she would see it there, you know. Oh, that's cool. Felt creepy. Can you text Greg about birthday fairy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, understand it's nothing it's nothing super expensive or anything. It's just little things, you know, little things. No, trinkets. I know, but I want birthday fairy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want birthday fairy. <laughs> so- <laughs> I do. I do. Text Greg about it now. Tell them, please? tell them the rules. Tell them all the stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Tell them that it, it's also wedding anniversary fairy. That's closer. <laughs> Our wedding anniversary is on the 1st. Oh, okay. Um. All right. 
Wow, this is this is a long one from Jamie Dunce, but it's well. Worth... There's two, so, so uh, you want me to get... I wanted to do the various Disney topics one. Okay. But really quick, she did send us an email, or they sent us an email about the their Disney trip that mm-hmm. they took to Disney World. So there's two, there's two quest or two jokes that their safari driver. Oh, nice. Yeah. Said, uh, okay, <laughs> what does Simba's dad say when he's moving too slow? <laughs> Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> That's not funny. But it, it kind of hit me in the right place. All right. Why doesn't anyone give Elsa a balloon? Because she'll let it go. Yep. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. We don't have to read this whole one, but it's a good one. Wow. Yeah, they went to... Um... Okay, so Jamie's a dude. Yeah, Jamie's a dude. Sorry, I messed up and said. I she. hear Jamie, and I think girl. Me too. I'm. I'm sorry. Um, they. This is from a Disney trip they took back in November, mm-hmm. and um, and they and they recap their trip. I'm just going to to hit some highlights here. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, we left on Wednesday, and got to Orlando just after lunch. They decided not to park our first day and spent the day at the pool for a bit. Uh, they stayed at the Walt Disney World Dolphin Resort, which is very nice. Uh, they went to their first park on that Thursday, the Magic Kingdom. Uh, they had the magic armbands. My wife had gotten us those magic armbands so we could use them as our tickets and fast passage, which made, which my wife uh, got us a few. We took a bunch of photo ops, which was included in the package uh, that we got. So um, they went on the Pirates. And then you talk about all the rides they went on. And uh, that evening they got to have just a special husband-wife time at Epcot and uh, went on a Finding Nemo ride. And then nice. had dinner at the Coral Reef. Epcot again on Friday with the family. And um, and let's see. It was When we got there, we were waiting in lines for the parks to open up. When it did, everyone ran, not walked, ran to Soren, which I heard had amazing things about, but uh, which I'd heard the amazing things about, but that left the line to meet Elsa and Anna pretty open. So they went and met Anna and Elsa and, for their daughter. They also got to meet Mickey and Minnie Mouse there. So that's pretty cool. Um, that evening, we went to Hollywood Studios for dinner. We first did the Muppet Studio show and then had dinner at Mama Melrose, which is pretty good Italian food. They met Sophia the First, Jake of the Neverland Pirates, and Doc McStuffins. Nice. Sa- Saturday was the Animal Kingdom. Um, they did Tough to Be a Bug. They did the Navi River Journey. Um, took pictures of the Tree of Life. Went to the Wildlife Express train. And they got to meet Pluto, Pluto and Olaf. What? They got to meet Safari Mickey, Donald, Daisy, and Goofy. Yes, they did. And his daughter told Goofy to have a goofy day, which she had been planning to say to him all trip. Oh. They met Rafiki. Um, and uh, they got to do the Star Wars attraction. Um, or they saw the they saw the Jedi training school. Cool. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> and she said, he says that when uh, when she saw Darth Vader and Kylo Ren come out, she nearly jumped out of her sneakers uh, and nearly jumped out of her skin. Saturday morning at the pool and headed home. The overall trip was so much fun. My daughter got so much stuff there. She got her autograph book filled, a princess activity kit, a giant Aladdin magic carpet bow for her hair. She also got jewelry from a necklace with Cinderella's shoe as a charm. And then Minnie's ears, necklace, and earrings that she got Elsa baby doll, which is a park exclusive. 
Uh, love the variety of mouse ears they offer now, from R2, D2, and BB-8 to Elsa, Winnie the Pooh. I would have given all. I would have been all about the Pooh ears back in the day. The trip was outstanding. Uh, love the show. Can't wait to hear you have talk Pixar. And then, of course, he sent in the jokes. But he got into some various Disney topics as well. Here we go. I was listening to your Moana episode and had some opinions to some of the topics you had. Tangled versus Frozen. Can you like both? I really like Tangled. Love the story, the characters. The songs are good, but not nearly as memorable or not as completely memorable as Frozen. For me, it's still Frozen. I would say Frozen is still in my top five animated movies. As I said in the previous email, I love plot twists of what could be considered uh, your paint-by-numbers Disney animated movie tropes. The musical scene between Anna and, Han, Anna and Han, Hans, Anna and Hans, I'm sounding like Lando right now, Hans. 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 The losing of Anna and Elsa's parents, the love swerve between Hans being the villain, with Hans being the villain, I love how Anna and Elsa needed to save each other and they were each other's true sisterly love. I love the story. I love the music. I love the characters. And again, holds a special place in my heart because of the history my daughter has with the movie. Uh, she likes Tangled, but not as much as Frozen. I think both movies are awesome, but Frozen one's out. I love your conversation about using Disney movies to talk about the end of life. My daughter understands ends of life as my grandmother passed away about a year and a half ago, and she remembers everyone coming to New Jersey for the funeral. And she remembers my grandfather being a wreck. They were married for 70 years. Wow. Wow. She also remembers going to Syracuse when my wife's grandmother died. As far as movies go, though, she didn't comprehend Anna and Elsa's parents' death, but she did ask me about the live-action Cinderella. She won't know why so many people got sick, and then we never saw them again. I told her they were sick, and then they passed away. Then she saw The Lion King. What a mistake. <laughs> or at least the next two weeks, she had nightmares because of the hyenas and Scar, but mostly because of Mufasa's death. She kept having dreams that I was Mufasa, and so I had to go in her room anywhere from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. in the morning and come to her the next two hours to stop her from hyperventilating and get her back to sleep. She was four years old in her defense. Aww. The one thing that made my daughter sad from our trip to Disney World, she didn't get a chance to meet Moana. I found the list that Teresa read about what makes a Disney princess very interesting. I'm pretty sure I heard that before. I actually think Teresa read that list before in a previous episode of the podcast. Hmm, I don't remember that. Probably. I do, know, I do know that Disney is super serious about their branding. I'm a graphic designer, and I did freelance work at a publishing house that worked on Disney Children's Activities book. I remember distinctly how the color pink was to be used on nothing but the Princess products. No other Disney product was allowed to have the color pink, as that was the trademark color for the Princess line. I can see Frozen remaining its own thing for a long time, as not only do kids love Anna and Elsa, but they love Kristoff and Olaf, and I don't see them changing things up. Same with Moana, as, as people love Maui. I don't think they can sell Maui products without the Moana branding. I could be wrong but I just don't see from a marketing standpoint that the Frozen and Moana branding will go away. I do agree with Steve that I don't see why Anna, Elsa, and Moana couldn't be marketed in the Disney Princess line, but I guess it's because they're entirely strict branding rules. As for Princess, I would say Aurora is probably the one that is in most need of a, as they say in the pro wrestling world, a rub. My daughter doesn't even know Aurora by her name. She mostly knows her as Sleeping Beauty. Anyway, great episode as always, and I can't wait to hear you talk about the Pixar movies. Well, you know, Aurora... Sleeping Beauty, people who know those movies know her, so it's fine, or know the movie know her, so it's, it's okay. That's true. Yeah, and that's Teresa's favorite Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You're a funny guy. Thanks. Funny. 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 And then All right. Last email of the day. This is from Jennifer from November. Hi, Teresa and Steve. Listening to the Getting Pumped for Pixar and got to the part where you guys want suggestions of what to do for when the new Disney animated movies come out. 
Here it goes. Number one, do a podcast on them within a month of it coming out, depending on how busy you guys are and if you get to see the movies right away. Also, it helps with spoilers. If you guys do it soon after it comes out, you can warn people the podcast will con contain spoilers. Number two, live watch. I do think it would be fun to listen to you guys watch the movie when it comes to digital or Blu-ray, although if you haven't seen it before, then there wouldn't be much commentary. Idea for you guys to start over again, you could do live watches of the Disney animated movies after you do Pixar. <laughs> Boom. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I don't know that we could do that. I don't know. Uh, have but... to sit through some of those movies again? I mean, I watch them all the time, so whatever. But I'm just thinking of like the having to watch that old whale die again because no these thanks. Things, yeah. Can we be selective? Right. And only watch certain ones. Exactly. Like, do you want to watch Fox and the Hound live with me? No. Exactly. No thanks. Exactly. I don't. No. No offense. No. Don't. No. That's fine. No, none taken, Teresa. None taken. And quite frankly, after we watch Toy Story three for this for this stupid show, I don't want to ever have to watch it again nope. either. So, mm -mm. no. Nope. Well, really quickly, let's do some Disney watch. Watch, watch it. Watch yourself. Bob, who goes there? Watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch out, my boy. Disney watch. Well, Teresa mentioned that she's already done a little Disney watch with the uh, Incredibles two numbers. But they did. I think it's also, there's another interesting thing that's come out in the past 24 hours at the time of this recording, and that is that um, 20th, 21st Century Fox agrees to the higher offer from Disney. Now, this is from yesterday in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, yesterday at the time of this recording, it would be, uh, be July 20th when this came out. And um, basically, Disney came in over Comcast with a pretty large offer that was cash and some stock deals. And uh, 20th Century Fox looks like they're saying, okay, let's do this. Yep. And um, that, you know, Comcast hasn't made another offer yet. And, um, and Disney is a superior deal. They're talking about a total of... Um, Disney first offered $52.4 billion in stock. And then Comcast did an all-cash offer of about $65 billion. Well, Disney raised its offer to $71.3 billion in cash and stock. And, um, and so, I, you know, I don't know if Comcast will be able to outdo that at all. But basically, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what... I, of course, Disney gets a ton out of this because you're getting... 21st Century Fox's entertainment. And there's a ton. There's a back catalog of films. There's all types of properties there, all types of IPs with that. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing you've got to worry with is will it be considered a monopoly or not, Teresa? Mm -hmm. um, well, they did make the Monopoly Cheaters edition, so that's fair, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I want X-Men. <laughs> yeah, I listen. <clears throat> I I honestly, I when Infinity War came out, I did not know for sure where we stood on this deal <clears throat> at the time. And so as we were driving to go see Infinity War, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, "Here's a prediction I want to make. The post-credit sequence is going to blow all our minds because what is going to happen is all the, you know, I said everything's going to be going down." And I said, "I think this movie's going to end on a low note." I didn't spoil anything for her. 
And I said, and I think that the, the, the post-credit sequence will be just the skyline of New York, and all of a sudden you'll see a flare shooting up out of a building, and you'll see it burst into the number four. And then there'll be a dude in a fedora and, uh, and a big old trench coat, and he'll just say, and his back will be turned the camera, and you'll hear him say, it's clobbering time. And, oh my uh, god <laughs> if that had happened dude i know so when it was captain marvel's beeper i was a little bit let down yeah <laughs> but, a little bit no but crap i was more let down to see nick fury disappear but other than that um but i but i said now this is a huge step out and i recognized it was a huge step out i said but i just want to go ahead and predict that this is kind of Going to say, because they belong, the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer belong in the Thanos story. I mean, in the comics, the Thanos thing, the whole deal with him starting down this path really started in the pages of the Silver Surfer comic. And so just to know that they'd have the Fantastic Four, hopefully, under, you know, under their banner and be able to bring them into the Marvel Studios, gosh. Because I love that comic. I mean, that was the comic that I collected like a mad dog as a kid. And love it, love it, love it. Love those characters. And I think it'd be great. That's a lot of money dancing around, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this next one, this sort of addresses the higher-ups in Disney and with animation and who's running what. But as many of you may have heard, John Lasseter will be stepping down from his role at Pixar by the end of the year. He'll be leaving the studio. He will be doing some semi-consulting work, but he will not be working for Disney anymore. So taking his place are two people, Jennifer Lee and Pete Docter. So if you don't know who they are, Jennifer Lee was the director of Frozen. And she also did some writing on Wreck-It Ralph and has done some other things. And she will be the chief creative officer of Walt Disney Animation Studios. Pete Docter, who was the director of Inside Out, he also worked on Up and Monsters, Inc. And he's been with Pixar for 28 years. He was one of their original employees. He will be taking over as the chief creative officer of Pixar Animation. So... I think that Disney animation as a whole is going to be in really good hands with these two people. They're both super passionate about what they do, and they've made some pretty stunning films. So I'm good with it. Yeah, and Jennifer Lee is not to be confused with Jennifer Jason Lee of single white female fame. <laughs> or Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> silly. 80s, um, 80s, but, 80s superstar Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. And the last little bit of information, if anybody is going to Disneyland anytime soon or you were thinking about going, you starting tomorrow, Pixar Pier will be open at mm. Disney California Adventure. It is the newest addition to the park. They essentially have taken Paradise Pier, which was themed originally for California-themed rides and things like that it's kind of where california adventure really started and it is now themed all to pixar so the big coaster is now the Incredi coaster and has had some upgrades done to it and there's they're basically they've taken a lot of the buildings and the rides that they already had and they've rethemed them and updated them and updated menus and things like that to all be themed around pixar so it's an entire pixar land area cool yeah, there's right. Senor Buzz Churros. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which is a Toy Story 3 reference. All right, let's get into Toy Story 2, by the way. Yeah. risked his life to save me. I couldn't call myself his friend if I weren't willing to do the same. I'm packing you your angry eyes, just in case. Let's move, move, move! Geronimo! <laughs> to infinity and beyond! Don't talk to any toy you don't know! We'll have to cross. You're not turning me into a mashed potato. I may not be a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is. Drop! <laughs> officially freaked out now. What are we gonna do, Buzz? Use your head. But I don't want to use my head! This Thanksgiving, the toys are back in town. Woody saves the day again! And just trying to get home. <laughs> it isn't a real rescue without Buzz Lightyear! In one piece. <laughs> We've been down this aisle already. We've never been down this aisle. It's pink! Back it up, back it up! I'm going to let go of the wall. Uh, what? He would. Uh, One. He would. Two. Three. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Toy Story 2. Ride like the wind, bullseye. Here we are, Toy Story 2. But before we get into that, Teresa, mm-hmm. we've got a little short film to discuss. And, um, well, we've got a new bumper after apparently I hurt feelings making fun of the last bumper. So, cause I said it was, <laughs> because I said it was too long. <laughs> so, we got a shorter one. Here we go. Short films. 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 Back to Stephen Teresa with some information on short films. Nobody likes a smart aleck. <laughs> All right. So the short film that debuted with Toy Story 2 was actually originally released in 1986. Mm-hmm. It is Luxo Jr. Many of you know this short film. And if you don't know the whole short film, you definitely know the characters. So the two-minute short film revolves around one larger and one smaller desk lamp. 
The larger lamp is named Luxo Sr., and the smaller, younger lamp is Luxo Jr., and he plays exuberantly with a ball that it accidentally deflates. So Luxo Jr. was Pixar for Pixar's first animation after Ed Catmull and John Lasseter left ILM. And it is the source of Luxo Jr., the hopping desk lamp included in the Pixar corporate logo. Luxo Jr. is regarded as a breakthrough in animation medium as a whole because it changed traditionalist interpretation of computer animation. The short was the first work of animation to use procedural animation. It received an Academy Award nomination for Best Animated Short Film, becoming the first CGI film nominated for an Academy Award. So Luxo Jr., it originally premiered at the SIGGRAPH uh, conference in the Dallas Convention Center in 1986, and the audience of 6,000 immediately recognized it as a breakthrough, and before it even finished, the crowd was already on their feet in applause. Mm. So in 2014, uh, Luxo Jr. was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress, and it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. Of course it was. Yeah. You can find it, if you're looking for it, on home video as a part of Tiny Toy Stories that came out in 1996 and also in the first volume of the Pixar Short Films Collection. Hmm. And basically, it's Pixar's mascot. Yeah, it sets up everything, you know, that the imagery of Pixar that we we know and love. But there's also some really interesting things in it that it 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 works so much as just also a technical kind of showpiece for what they could do. When you've got the big lamp, when the ball first rolls up, like the big lamp does this thing where it looks around the ball, like over it and to the side and comes back around. And one of the things that's happening there is the light is bouncing off the ball. It's reflecting off the ball, and it's moving as the lamp looks at it. And and it gives it that 3D texture, that 3D look of real-world stuff. And, and, and anyone at the time who was involved in any way in animation would have seen just how fascinating and amazing it was. But also what's in this little short is just the character of Luxo Jr., Mm-hmm. You know, like just everything about him comes out just in him hopping around and playing with a ball, like to the way he just kind of wiggles himself upright, you know, and and you can just kind of get the personality of this little lamp. And it's just, it is a, it's a minute, and, I mean, I mean, it's two minutes long, as you said, and that's with credits, two minutes, 11 seconds long with credits. And, and so, and let's see, let me see here, because I've actually got it pulled up. It's without credits. It's like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's not. Long and so at you're all. talking about ninety seconds worth of animation where they capture the character of two lamps, <laughs> <laughs> and and they even have a little gag, you know, with it where he kicks the ball, the big ball in at the end, and they showed off what they were able to do. It. This is the this is the birth, and this well not the birth, but this is the the coming out party really for Pixar. Yeah, Luxo Jr. is great. I'm actually watching it right now, and the little lamp is the cutest little thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he like, wiggles, and uh, it's so awesome. And, you know, I had almost forgotten about this short because I knew about it, obviously. And then you see him bouncing on the eye and the logo all the time, and you see the ball, and then I just kind of forgot that it came from this. 
and I had to rewatch it. Oh no, he just squished the ball. <laughs> I need to uh, I, I need to call time out here real quick. Stuff that he mentioned, self casting shadows have never been done before. So right, this whole thing was about lighting and shadow and and what they could do with these computer animations. But he also says he's about to go down the beach with his kids, and his son just informed him that he's going to be Master Yoda running away from the seagulls. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Stop it now. That's funny. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, basically, there's some other information that I have here that I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So there have been some variations on the Luxo Jr., Pixar logo that we now know so much as being Pixar. For cars, there was a message that said celebrating 20 years appeared as the background and it faded out with Luxo Jr.'s head used as the zero Mm -hmm. for the 20 years because Pixar was founded in 86. Mm -hmm. And then there in the teaser trailer for Wally, Luxo Jr.'s light bulb burns out. And he turns to look at the camera, and Wally rolls up and changes his light bulb out to an energy efficient fluorescent bulb <laughs> to go with the Wally theme. Uh, so they've done some variations on it, but basically, the lamp and the ball are two staples in Pixar. That's right. Huge. Yep. Because of this. Yeah. So great little short film, and great little short talk about the short film. But now let's get into Toy Story 2 and some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh, well, actually, I, uh, yes, I do. As you can see, the pseudo-facade was stripped away. Alrighty, so this is Pixar's third animated feature film, I guess, what you would call it. And let's see, Toy Story 2 opened on November 24th, 1999 to very successful box office numbers. It eventually grossed over $497 million, and it has a very rare 100% rating on the website Rotten Tomatoes, or it did at one point. I don't know if that's actually still true. Uh, Toy Story 2 has been considered by critics to be one of the few sequel films to outshine the original and it continues to be free, featured frequently on lists of the greatest animated films ever made. Mm-hmm. As well it should be. It was directed by John Lester and co-directed by Lee Unkrich and Ash Brannon. Disney actually initially saw Toy Story 2 as being a direct-to-video sequel. One of those. Yeah, it began production in a building completely separate from Pixar and on a much smaller scale because most of the main Pixar staff was working on A Bug's Life. So when story reels proved promising, Disney actually upgraded the film to theatrical release, but Pixar was unhappy with the film's quality, and they redeveloped the entire plot in one weekend. So basically, in November of 1997, Mm -hmm. Disney executives uh, viewed the film's story reels with some finished animation in a screening room at Pixar, and they were impressed with the quality of work and began interested they were interested in releasing it into theaters. Uh, but the economics, although the economics of a direct-to-video Pixar release were also not working well as they hoped it would because of the higher salaries of the crew to work on a Pixar film. So they needed to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the big deal here, though, is that Toy Story 2 would not count as one of the five 
films in the Disney contract oh, wow. that they had really? made. Yeah, because they wanted five original features, right. not sequels, mm. that would assure five new sets of characters for them to use for their theme parks and merchandise. Okay. So it didn't count as one of the five. Mm-hmm. And let's see, there was something else... Okay, so as the story approached the production stage in early 1997, it was unclear whether, you know, Pixar would be moved to that being a theatrical release mm-hmm. versus a direct-to-video sequel. So some things had to change in order to for there to be enough people. Once they decided we want it to be in theaters, they didn't have enough people working on the film in order to make it mm-hmm. in the time frame. So Steve Jobs, uh, there was a group called the interactive products group and they were a part of pixar but they did like gaming and other things so they had a staff of 95 animators Mm -hmm. and under the time pressure that they had they had put out two cd-rom titles and like some other stuff and so steve jobs decided to shut down the computer games operation of pixar so he he got rid of Mm -hmm. the interactive products group and those 95 people became the core staff of the Toy Story 2 production team in order to make Toy Story 2 into theaters versus direct-to-video. So let me, let me get the time frame down right. Disney was going to just release a direct-to-video sequel like they do. Mm-hmm. Was it, were they going to try to do the computer animation and stuff with that, or was it going to be 2D hand-drawn, do you know? That was actually all up in the air on whether mm-hmm. or not it would be traditionally animated cgi or whatever it was when they were first talking about it they weren't sure so i actually have it up here some of the stuff is out of order um they had recently begun making direct-to-video sequels to successful features and they wanted to handle the toy story sequel this way prior releases such as uh, the aladdin sequel and return of jafar had estimated or returned an estimated 100 million dollars in profits And so that's what they wanted to do. And although they were unsure at the time when they were talking about this, whether or not Tom Hanks and Tim Allen would be available, much less affordable to do Toy Story 2. And the story, they didn't know what the story premise would be. And they also didn't know whether it would be computer animated Pixar or traditional animation. So they just started working on it and kind of putting it together and trying to figure out what it could be. And I guess based on what they had presented, Disney decided we want to do this as a feature film. Okay. And so as they were, and so they Disney decided to do it as a feature film. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> Pixar working on a bug's life primarily, um, didn't have the staff to devote to it. And so, the staff from the interactive products people mm-hmm. from Pixar, they, after that was scrapped, they became the core production team. Right. And okay. so Disney had announced, or Pixar had announced that it was coming out. Mm-hmm. And in order to make the timeline, Steve Jobs had to do that to get people to work on it because normally a Pixar movie takes about two years uh, to put together. Mm hmm two years or more right and they had nine months Hmm. for toy story 2 because they made that decision to change it so yikes when was this film released 99 
Okay. So, so what they, they started production what in was 97. The, okay, what was the nine months that they had? I'm confused. That is after they decided to move it into... Um, they announced it in March of 97. Mm-hmm. And they started working on it. Mm-hmm. trying to get the timeline right here, too. And let's see. Early production stage in 97. I'm trying to find it. It was in November of 97 that they decided they pro- they showed it to the Disney executives. Gotcha. And let's see. They changed the plans for the film February 5th of 1998. Okay. So in, in February of 98, they're deciding we're going to go feature with this thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And it had to be ready to come out by November of 99. Okay. So they had so they had just a little under 2 years to work on it. Yeah. But when you're talking about taking a picture or uh, a Pixar movie from concept to theater. Right. It usually takes a lot longer. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I didn't put the stuff in order apparently. Uh let's see here. Okay, so Toy Story 2 became a sequel right after, or an idea for a sequel with John Laster, right after Toy Story first came out. Mm -hmm. He talks about a memory, and it's even in the bonus features on the DVDs. He talks about when he traveled with his family right after Toy Story came out. He saw a young boy who was clutching onto a Woody doll at an airport. And at that point is when he realized that this film no longer belonged to him and that these characters belonged to all these other people and that he had a obligation to give them more of those characters. Mm. So he wanted to do more with Toy Story. Because because I remember when thinking when I heard that Toy Story 2 was coming, I'm like, oh, no. Because I really thought that they had done such a good job on Toy Story and A Bug's Life. Like, they were so impressive. What Pixar was doing was so impressive. And and you realize when you were watching these movies that you were watching cinema change. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, oh, so they're just, now they're giving into it as well. You know, <laughs> now they're just going to go for the money grab. And and I had very low hopes for Toy Story 2 because every other Disney sequel from an animated film wasn't that good. Right, you know, I mean, they were all direct to video, which always, you know, to the to the movie snobs of the '90s like myself, you know, we considered that, you know, lower quality, mm-hmm. and um, and so to have a Toy Story two, I'm like, come on, come yeah. on, um, so we, I, you know, to know that this was something that kind of sprung up in his mind, he's like, oh, we've got to do more of these for these kids. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so the concept of Woody as a collectible set came from a draft of a Tin Toy Christmas, the original half-hour special pitched by Pixar to Disney that they never did. Mm -hmm. And the obsessive toy collector named Al McWiggin, his last name is McWiggin, he had appeared in a draft of the original uh, Toy Story, but they took him out of that. Mm. All right, so the secondary characters in Woody's set, so Jesse, Prospector Pete, Stinky Pete, mm-hmm. 
uh, and Bullseye. They were inspired by 1940s, 1950s Western and puppet shows for children, such as Four Feather Falls, Hop Along Cassidy, which I've heard of, and Howdy Doody, which I've also heard of. Everybody's heard of it. What time is it? It's Howdy Doody time. So the development of Jesse was kindled by Lassiter's wife, Nancy, who actually pressured him to include a strong female character in the sequel that had more substance than Bo Peep. Thank you. <laughs> I like Bo, but, yeah, we needed someone better. Well, than you know, Bo. and one of the things I noticed while watching this as well, though, is that Bo Peep does get a little bit more to do in this movie. Like, she, yeah. you know, she's not just a vapid little character over there. She she had she had some personality to her. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, Jesse, well, we'll talk about it when we get to talking about the movie, but Jesse really just fit into this cast of characters so well. Yeah, she does. Okay, so in order for the project to be ready for theaters, they had to add 12 minutes or so of material to strengthen what was already there. And the extra material was a challenge because they didn't want it to be padding, mm-hmm. you know, fluff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so things that were added... Stuff that was actually recycled from the original drafts of Toy Story. So the original film's original opening sequence featured a Buzz Lightyear cartoon playing on TV. This would be the Buzz Lightyear video game. (laughs) A deleted scene from Toy Story, which featured Woody having a nightmare involving him being thrown into a trash can, was incorporated into a milder form of Woody's fear of losing Andy. Mm -hmm. And the idea of a squeak toy penguin, penguin, with a broken squeaker, Penguin. also resurfaced from the original version of Toy Story. Okay. I lost my squeaker. <laughs> so, let's see. Toy Story was released on both VHS and DVD. Yes. Okay. I'm reading the right thing. VHS and DVD as a DVD two-pack with Toy Story on October 17, 2000. The same day, an ultimate toy box set was released containing the first film in 35mm widescreen and the second film in full screen and a third disc of bonus materials. The standard VHS, DVD, DVD two-pack and the ultimate toy box sets returned to the vault on May 1st, 2003. That's right. We have them down here. We're just going to keep them because no one really wants the VHS anymore. And DVDs are kind of going the way of the dinosaur, too. So we'll just keep them down here in the vault. We'll be fine. So on December 26, 2005, it was re-released as a two-disc widescreen special edition. That's the one that I have. Alongside the first film's 10th anniversary edition. Yeah, I have the toy, the ultimate toy box set. I think the DVD two pack that mm. has Toy Story and Toy Story two. So there was a brief controversy involving the ultimate toy box edition. By the way, mm. I kept this in because I thought you would find it hilarious. I do find it hilarious. Okay, a thousand copies of the box set were shipped to Costco stores, mm-hmm. and they had a pressing error, which caused a scene from the R-rated film High Fidelity to play in the middle of the film. The scene in question, which featured the use of the word beep, beep. multiple times, the F word, people, prompted a number of complaints from consumers, you think causing so? <laughs> what? I said, you think it, you think so? Causing Costco to eventually recall the defective units from shelves and later go on to replace them. The defect was caused by a content mix error, error according to error. Technicolor, error, error. Who, who manufactured the discs and it only affected the Ultimate Toy Box set. Oh, I wish I'd have gotten that. 
That'd have been amazing. I wouldn't have taken it back. Mm-mm. All right, so the film was avail- available for the first time on Blu-ray. Oh, no, this is what I have. Blu-ray disc in a special edition combo pack released on March 23rd, 2010, along with the first film. On November 1st, 2011, the first three Toy Story films were re-released, each as a DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray, 3D, 3D, or, okay, back up. They were released as a set of DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, digital copy combo pack, four discs for each of the first two films, and five discs for the third film. Wow. That's unnecessary. That's a a huge old box. (laughs) Yeah. It was, um, okay, so moving off of that, it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song for When She Loved Me, Mm -hmm. nominated for a Best Original Song Golden Globe for When She Loved Me as well. It won a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, uh, and then it won a Grammy for When She Loved Me for Grammy Award for Best Song Written for a Motion Picture Television or Other Visual Media. Mm. And that's probably one of my least favorite songs of a Disney movie ever. I don't really like that song. That's good. Yeah, we got it. We got it. I know. That's all I got. I don't know the words. All right. Um, anyway. There, this thing is replete with Easter eggs, by the way. All of them are. So, we want to talk about those? Yes, please. Okay, and here's the bumper to go with that. I can't find it anywhere. The other way, dear. Yes, of course. I'm getting warmer any second now. We've looked everywhere. Where are they? I found it. I found it. Oh, you found it. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pixar Easter eggs. Yay, Stuffity! I tell you what, Stuffity just comes through more than I deserve for anyone to come through for me. <laughs> he is just... I i have a man crush on Stuffity. That's all there is oh, to it. Oh, yay, Stuffity. I just want everyone to know that I have a man crush on Stuffity. And it's for things such as... Not only the stuff he did for us during Rebel Yell... With the Thrawn, basically a Thrawn quadrilogy of videos <clears throat> that are outstanding. Um, but also, last time we were together talking about A Bug's Life, uh, Riley that called for great. The Greatest Showman being put to the uh, to A Bug's Life. And then, when we were talking Zootopia a long time ago, and I'd forgotten mm-hmm. about this. We were talking about um, the training montage, and I'm like, that needs to be put to Rocky music. I'm a sucker for a good training montage. I mean, all the way back to Karate Kid and Rocky. What music would you have put with that, Steve? Uh, hey, go ahead and throw in the Rocky thing. That's fine. By the way, Stephanie, if you want to do Zootopia Rocky thing, that's fine with me. And he did it. I mean, <laughs> and it's awesome. It is. It's great. It completely works so fantastically. If you're not following Stuffy on the YouTube, you should be. He does some great fun stuff for us. And uh, there's just no way of saying thank you enough to him for for all the work that he's put in for this show. And, and I even threw out something on, um, on my recent uh, appearance on Rebel Force Radio. I'm like, Stuffy, in case you're listening... <laughs> You could do this. Yeah, so. no, this Easter eggs one was great. 
Oh, also happy yeah, and that it. was, and so he put us together the Easter eggs bumper that you just heard, and it's yeah. fantastic. What do we got here in this one? All right, so the first one is when they're at the airport and the baggage, you see the baggage, baggage claim, and Prospector Pete is in the little girl's backpack. Mm-hmm. Come down. I don't know what phone number is calling me. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's an announcement for Lassiter Flight A113. Mm. <laughs> John Lassiter. And then the number for the the door. It's the door, I think, A113, mm-hmm. where they started developing right. their room number. So John Ratzenberger, he is a Pixar Easter egg because he's in every Pixar movie. He is ham, as many of you know. All right, in Toy Story 2, one Luxo ball appears in a TV commercial for Al's Toy Barn. Mm -hmm. And then when they go to Al's Toy Barn, there are several Luxo balls that can be seen when they enter the store on the left. And then when they leave, a whole container of Luxo balls can be seen on the left, the Mm -hmm. other side. And then they take the Pizza Planet truck to chase after Al to the airport. The whole Pizza Planet truck. I have a few more for you. These are sound Easter eggs. Oh, cool. When, uh, at the very beginning in the opening, when when Buzz lands on the planet in the video game, there's Darth Vader's breathing. Right. Then, um, as he is going to take um, uh, Zerg's power source, that thing that surrounds it, it's making a noise like the interrogator droid from Star Wars A New Hope. The boom, 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 boom. And of course, as he's going, everyone knows as he's going across the, the the things it does the two thousand one space odyssey theme. Um, when he, of course, puts his hands in there to try to grab the power supply, it makes the lightsaber noises. And I'm sorry, Buzz, I'm your father. That's a throwback to Star Wars, if I ever yes. heard one. Uh, so there are all kinds of little sound. Uh, Easter eggs that are just straight out of ILM in this thing, especially there in the um, that part. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was. I noticed a lot of those. I was cracking up. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten how much of that stuff is in there. Yep. Well, let's do some fun facts. Fun facts. Say it proud and geek out loud. It's fun facts. All right. So these could be considered Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of thought they were fun facts. Yep. So I stuck them here. Uh, there are references to several Pixar shorts in Toy Story 2. Okay. So, and most of them are when Ham is on the the control for the TV. Yeah, that's just And he's just, just a, hammering it. Right. <laughs> he's like, you passed gotta it. Gotta go around the horn. Gotta go around the horn. Yeah, I'm in the 40s. Gotta go around the horn. It's quicker. So there are scenes from Red's Dream, mm-hmm. Luxo Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, Luxo Jr., yeah. So there's scenes from the short film on the TV. There's also some other scenes to Luxo Jr., so make sure I go back to that. Tin Toy, mm-hmm. Nick Knack are the ones that you see in when he's flipping around on right. the TV. Now... Referencing Luxo Jr., the short, when he's when Buzz is flying back to Earth at the beginning, mm-hmm. the Luxo Jr., the lamp, is a constellation in the sky. I've never noticed that. I've seen it once. I usually forget to look for it. Now, Jerry's game is also referenced yes. because Al hires Jerry to restore Woody. 
So Jerry, the toy cleaner, mm-hmm. is Jerry, the chess guy. Yep. And he has chess pieces in his toolbox. So I love it. That was like when, when he shows up, um, I remember just being like, that's that old man that played chess. That's great. <laughs> also, the original Pixar logo can be seen on the TV. You talking about that weird gray square with the kind yeah. of dot in the middle? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, some other really cool fun facts. This I actually didn't know. I'm surprised I didn't know this. So when Jesse first meets Woody, she exclaims, Sweet mother of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> well, Abraham Lincoln's mother was Nancy Hanks, who was a blood relative of Tom Hanks. Oh, wow. She's a He's a direct descendant of an uncle of hers. Nice. All right, so while driving around Al's toy barn, the gang drives down the Buzz Lightyear aisle. Tour guide Barbie tells them back in 1995, short-sighted retailers did not order enough dolls to meet the demand. It's an inside joke because when the original Toy Story was released, toy sellers didn't think it would do well, so they didn't order enough dolls <laughs> to I keep up with no the demand. I no idea. Yeah. Also, the joke is a self-deprecating dig at Mattel because they denied the use of Barbie in the first film because they thought it would be a flop. Okay. <laughs> All right. So at one point, while the toys are at Al's Toy Barn, Mr. Potato Head views Rex chasing after the car in a rearview side mirror, which parodies Jurassic Park when the T-Rex chases after the crew in a Jeep. Additionally, the phrase made famous in Jurassic Park, objects in mirror are closer than they appear, is on the mirror. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's definitely. And I mean, you think about it, this is still in the uh, Jurassic Park Chains of World point of life there in 99. Yeah. All right. And then one of the items in Al's toy barn behind Rex before he and Mr. Potato Head board Barbie's car is a pink teddy bear, which previously appeared as one of the silent toys on the shelf on the shelf top during a staff meeting in Toy Story. And it actually served as the basis for Lotso in Toy Story 3. And I hate that bear. <laughs> we I all hate do. that bear we all with do. a livid, <laughs> livid passion. Greg brings up Lotso all the time. He's like, how can you hate Lotso? He smells like strawberries. And I'm like, F that bear. I have been known, Steve, mm-hmm. to walk through a store at Disney World where all the stuffed animals are. And the Lotsos, I punch him in the face. Well, now you can't do that. I don't like him. He's listen. He's evil. All of them aren't. Just that one. But he's evil. Just the one. He's worse than Stinky Pete. Just the one. I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate how he tries to be good by smelling like strawberries. <laughs> okay, the movie actually has several references to a bug's life. So in Andy's bedroom, Andy has a wall calendar that shows the ants from the film standing on a leaf. I actually did see that today. Not intentionally. I wasn't looking for it. But I did see it. Mrs. Potato Head reads a Bug's Life book when Mr. Potato Head shows up with her earring. Oh. Heimlich. I've seen this before, but I didn't catch it today. Heimlich the caterpillar can be seen munching on leaves as Buzz Karate chops his way through the bushes. And he chops a branch, causing Heimlich to fall off. I've never seen that, by the way. That is there. All right. Last one. When the toys are crossing the street, Slinky Dog says, I'm not a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is. That is a reference to Forrest Gump. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Uh, good times. Teresa, I think this movie is better than the first one. It is better than the first one. 
It's so much better than the first one. And and one of the things, and and I think this is one one of the strengths to it is the the incorporation of these new characters. And I don't just mean uh, Jesse and and Bullseye. I'm talking even like Mrs. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. Like she, you know, she gets referenced at the end of the first movie, but then to be here and just feel like just such a natural part of this cast, um, as well as. Angry eyes. I'm gonna pack your angry eyes just in case. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was just a good, good movie. I really, I really love it. So much fun. It it surprised me as a um, as a sequel, and and completely built on this universe so well, and did such a good job of fitting into this universe well another thing they do too is buster so buster's introduced at the end of the original toy story Mm -hmm. as a puppy oh that's right yeah and then we see buster as a dog and he comes in because slinky finds woody's hat (laughs) and then you think buster's gonna eat the toys but he's actually been trained by woody Mm -hmm. and he's like shoot for the sky and he sticks his hand his paws up in the air and he does like this whole thing and then what's hilarious is when andy comes into the room and Buster's sitting there and he tries to get him to do the same thing and Buster's just like nope <laughs> he just walks <laughs> off <laughs> oh my gosh but this one I love the sequence with the toy cleaner because as a collector I know what it feels like to have toys that aren't in great shape and wanting to fix them up you know or my stuffed Simba that got ripped up by a dog mm-hmm. and we had to fix him, you know? And so I know what that's like. Yep. And he comes in with this toolbox and the stuff and he cleans his eyes. And But I feel like that's scratchy for Woody. He's probably like, ow. Uh, you know, but he cleans his eyes and he stitches him up so nicely and cleans him and puts his hair back on. And like that whole scene just, I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be mint. That scene inspired me to begin to figure out how to fix my old toys. Mm-hmm. Like this, this, this movie did several things for me as a collector. It, um, it, it caused me to really appreciate the fact that the toys that I collect are my toys, and you know, as a kid, the ones that I had were my toys, and that there's a reason that I loved them and kept them, and the reason that some of them are broke is not because I did not take care of them; it's because I played with them so well and that what a cool job it would be to be someone who restores toys now you know classic vintage collectors of some things would be like oh we don't want to like they would really get all over this guy for painting over stuff and you know adding a little touch here or there and fixing things up but, oh well, that is completely not mint just because it looks mint doesn't mean it is um but i don't know i can't figure out if jerry's a good dude or a shady dude like Cause I think, cause he he takes such care with Woody, and I'm like, what a nice, sweet old man. And then the way he talks to Al, I'm like, he seems kind of, he's kind of a jerk. He's kinda, not, and Al's kind of a jerk. And I guess Al would be, I mean, Al is Newman for crying out loud, mm-hmm. you know. So he's he's definitely someone who's going to cause other people to be abrasive with him. But I just wonder if, because when he puts him up, he's like, he's for display only. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't. 
that's that's where I kind of like, but he's a toy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so I don't know. Is Jerry a nice old man or is he a crusty old man? I think he's a collecting old man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You know, he, he's at that stage of I'm not going to play with these anymore, but I want them to look nice, mm-hmm. you know, and he wants to take care of the stuff, but he doesn't want anybody. You know what? He's me. <laughs> because like when my nephews used to play with my unleashed figures and I'm like, mm, no, 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 no. Let me buy you some toys that you can screw up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's, he's that. <laughs> well, it's, um, like I say, it was kind of an inspiration to me as a collector because one of the things I do enjoy doing, I just don't have the time to do it anymore or really the money to, to buy stuff to do anymore. But I would love to get parts to stuff. And and one of the things, my parents, they do mission work down in Mexico. Every uh, well, They're out in South Texas four times a year working with different churches and groups and children's homes and that sort of thing down, in, down just across the border in Reynosa. And one of the things that happen is people, the different places will bring them just boxes of toy parts, thinking that, oh, this will be good for those kids. And, you know, it's like, don't give kids trash. And mm-hmm. But one of the things that always happen when I go to visit my parents, and I'm like, well, come down here and let's look and see if we can make any of this stuff work together. And I have learned how to look over parts of toys and find a little number and Google that and find out what the whole toy is supposed to be and start to kind of assemble all these things, you know, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I love getting toys back into good shape to be played with. It is so much fun. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, and also in this last little batch of toys, I found a head to the Power Master Optimus Prime, which was Ooh. from the late 80s. And I'm like, I'm keeping this one, mother. And, of course, the rest of him wasn't there, but I'm like, I will keep this, thank you, in case I ever do get the rest of that one. Because that was, I don't have him anymore, but I did have that Optimus Prime as a, as a kid, and he was one of the first Transformers, or he was the first Transformer I ever bought with my own money. Um, oh, wow. Saved up, he was 30-something bucks. And back in the late 80s, that was a lot of money for a 10-year-old Steve. And I had to cut grass for three weeks. to I had him on layaway. That's still a lot of money for a 30-year-old Teresa. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But he was mine, and I loved him by George. Um, So, yeah, I just, look, and and here's, if you need toys restored, get in touch with me. I'll do my best to help you out. So, So, yeah, okay, so the storyline of this movie is great. Like, while I like the Buzz Woody thing, I like them much better being friends. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so in Toy Story, the original Toy Story, where they're fighting each other and Woody's kind of a jerk a little bit, I'm like, yeah, I like this better. Like, this is so much way better. And then also we get to see Buzz see himself mm-hmm. as a toy. <laughs> so when he finds all the Buzzes that don't realize that they're toys, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh. And he goes, I don't have time for this. Was, was I this bad? <laughs> was I this bad? This is pretty bad. Uh, I also, there's a line in this one that always sticks out where they're saying that they should call in the intercom, that they're delivering a pizza. And Ham says, what about a ham sandwich and you with a fry, with fries and a hot dog? Because Slinky Dog <laughs> and Mr. Potato Head are there. And Rex is like, what can I be? Eh, you can be the toy that comes with the meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some great stuff in this thing. I'm going to play ball with my dad. Um, 
you're such a great dad. <laughs> There's some great little one-liners in this. They're like, like I say, the characters of 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 Jesse and Bullseye fit right into, like it's like they've always been there. And um, oh wow, Teresa, are you getting this? Uh, yes. Okay, Winnie the Pooh is a boy. Yeah. Uh, they're actually all boys except for Kanga. Right. Okay. Is he listening? Or I don't do I think have to so. Type it? I think you need to type it. But Jesse and Bullseye really fit in, and it's like they'd always been there. So much so that when I'm watching this, when I was watching this, I I was like, oh yeah, they came in in this movie. They weren't in the original cast because after seeing them all together, especially in Toy Story three again, you just realize they just they created characters that fit right in, and I that takes some doing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was really I was really kind of taken back this time watching it, like how naturally because a lot of times when you get a sequel and they fit a new character and it's like okay here's the new character you know but these just really fit in and the fact that woody is a superstar from way back yeah that's so awesome which makes it i've always wondered how andy got woody because if woody's from like the 50s there's a throwaway line when al is at the yard sale and he's asking about buying Woody. And and, you, and it kind of gets talked over because all of the toys are watching what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Andy's mom says, I'm sorry, that's not for sale. That's an old family toy. So it's been handed down. Mm. It's a hand-me-down toy. And so I imagine um, Andy's mom probably... Or Andy's dad, depending on where Andy's dad is, you know, what his what the story is. I know some people want to go for the divorce thing. Maybe his dad's dead. Who knows? But the idea that it has come from someone in Andy's life, someone in his past. And, um, you know, that me and that's one of the reasons. And I'm sure that as a kid, you know, because you think about it, if, if it is modern times, if Toy Story is modern day, which mm-hmm. it appears to be, you know, for its time. In the 90s, you know, cowboy toys weren't that big with little boys. And so for Andy to have that much of a connection to Woody means that it was special to him his whole life. And so he's a hand-me-down toy, and he stood the test of time. That makes sense. And, you know, out of all of the new characters, I like Jessie a lot, and Mm -hmm. I think she fits with the story. But Bullseye is my absolute okay so my i have i have three favorite characters in toy story mm-hmm. and none of them are the main characters right slinky dog yeah rex mm-hmm. and bullseye <laughs> and bullseye is just so great and i love at the end when he has andy on his on his hooves and he puts his hooves up and they're not spelled right <laughs> and he's like trying to move them around so that they're he spells Andy correctly. Yep. Uh, and then, oh, I also love Wheezy. Yeah. Wheezy's the great. Well, you I like penguins. Wheezy. I know. I know. But um, uh, so the aliens, we see the aliens in Toy Story 1, you know, with like the claw. Blah, the blah, claw blah. has spoken. But this is where Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head get children isn't Toy Story 2 mm-hmm. because he saves the aliens from flying out the car window. <laughs> you have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. <laughs> uh, 
you know what? I think I know more lines from Toy Story 2 than the first Toy Story. Now <laughs> yeah. that I think about it. You have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Yep. <laughs> God, I hate Stinky Pete. Mm. Yeah, he's... You know, it's you know, there's the scene where the TV turns on. Right. And Jesse and Woody get into this fight because you did it, blah, blah, blah. Because Stinky Pete, you know, couldn't have done it because he's mint in box. And then they find out that he can get out of his box. Yeah. And he's like, you turned on the TV. Mm-hmm. And the end of his pickaxe is like a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I also like, uh, look, Kelsey Grammer is fantastic as a villain in anything that he does. And, you know, I mean, remember we, you came on Geek Out Loud to talk about Transformers 4 back in the day. Uh, And and so we, you know, we still kind of, uh, you know, he was the bad guy in that. And by the way, I've been on Transformers kick lately. He was the bad guy in that. And he does such a good job as as a villain, and then just his voice in this, I'm like, oh yeah, Kelsey Grammer. When I heard, him, I'm like, oh yeah, Kelsey Grammer's in this, and he makes such a great bad guy, and it's such a sneaky bad guy too, you know, like he just kind of out of the blue because he's trying to be the old wise man, you know, the old wise toy that knows everything, and um, and uh, and he ends up being the the bad guy when it's all said and done. I do like them looking at all the collection of like Woody stuff and the, mm-hmm. all the old things and like the record player and everything. Yep. And it, it's really cool for them to be together as a set and for him to meet other cowboy like mm-hmm. toys. And I think that that's really good for Woody. I also love that he comes around so quickly to being like, what am I doing? Why am I staying here? You know, no, we're leaving. We're going, you guys should come. Now, did you ever have an issue with the whole airport thing? With them at the airport and then in the baggage claim and then chasing after the plane and like did that ever seem no, a little No, on I the mean they side? they chased down a uh they they chased down a a car with a remote control car. That's true. You know. That's true. I think it's funny that both movies have those chase scenes. Yes. <laughs> Well, and this movie is kind of the reverse of Toy Story in that in Toy Story, you know, Woody was trying to get rid of Buzz and then he was chasing after Buzz, not for all the right reasons, of course. You know, he didn't want to be... He didn't want to be um, in, you know, he didn't want to be usurped by Buzz. And so after everything goes awry, you know, he's chasing down Buzz. Well, here, Buzz, for all the right reasons, is chasing down Woody. So it's all kind of turned on its head. But mm-hmm. it but it works out great, and um, you know, and it's just uh, it's a great it, 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 what what is Toy Story without a good chase, you know? Yeah. And and quite frankly, all three of the movies, when I think about it now, all have something to do with you know these toys trying to find their way home. Yeah, you know? they do. And and that's and I think that's one of the the, the things that really works so well about this property is that. You know, it's a simple story, and they just put all these trappings on it to make it really robust and fun and heartwarming. You know, it's all the characters that you love, and and you get into what they're doing, um, and and you're laughing in one minute, and you're kind of crying in the next if if that Jesse scene gets to you. And I got to be honest with you, the Jesse scene, her flashback scene with that song, does not bother me at all. 
It actually doesn't bother me. Either. Other, I mean, like it, I can emotionally. completely tune out. I'm like, oh, drink time. Right. Come to go get a drink. Snack. Right. It to me that that ends up dragging thing, and I think it's because of the song, not because of the content. I just don't like that song all that much. I don't like that song either, and I, I like the scene. I like the important the importance of the scene and understanding Jesse. I think it really makes a lot of sense. You know, I also feel really bad for her owner that she would turn to makeup and get rid of her toys because I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I have both, so I don't understand that. But, you know, it does make me feel really sorry for Jesse. Right. However, we don't understand where Bullseye comes from, which I want to know his backstory. <laughs> Whose toy was he? <laughs> There's no telling. Uh, there, Bullseye might have come Pete with... Nobody wanted, clearly. Well, that's why he's why able he, to be mint and box. That's why he's so angry. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why he's so angry about everything, because no one wanted him. Because he's Stinky Pete, for crying out loud. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I this this is a far... Not a far superior move, but it's definitely superior in my mind to... In my mind to... Um, to, to the first movie. Yeah, and so here's the thing. Toy Story 3 is good, okay? It's mm-hmm. good, but I can't watch it. It's hard. It's it's terribly hard to watch. I can't watch it. I am incredibly interested in Toy Story 4, which will be out next year, mm-hmm. because I'm kind of scared. Like, they've done so well. I'm in that place where you were about Toy Story 2. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm scared. I don't know... I don't know. Yeah. And I I need to know more. You know what? I'm just going to shut up because as soon as I see the trailer, I'm going to be like, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. That's amazing. That's yeah. the best trailer ever. Yeah, I can. I Listen, you're. The, I'm the same way. I feel like they've, they've run this thing as much as they can run it, and then I'm going to turn around and be like, this is great. They, you know, so that's, that's exactly what I expect to happen. Hello. Hello. Sorry. That's my phone ringing there. Um, did not, I I meant to silence it once Aries texted us. Um, I do like the Woody's Roundup song. Oh yeah. Woody's Roundup. (laughs) That's a classic. (laughs) That critter needs help. Marionettes uh, always kind of freak me out. I love puppets. You know I love puppets, but marionettes kind of freak me out. No, marionettes are weird. I don't like them. I don't like them and at so, all. And so also, when we see Woody in them as as um as as marionettes, it, it's kind of freaky. It's kind of scary. It's a little freaky. Now, one thing I do love... Oh, you're going to play Woody's Roundup? Woody's Roundup Right here every day Woody's Roundup, come on, it's time to play. There's Jesse the Oatland Cowgirl. Look at, look at, that's me! Bullseye, he's Woody's horse. He's a smart one. Pete the old prospector, and Woody the man himself. Of course, it's time for Woody's Roundup. He's the very best, he's the rootless, tootless cowboy. The wow, wow, Uh. What was I going to say? I don't remember now. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, okay. So they have bloopers at the end of Toy Story 2. Yes. They went through all that effort to animate more. 
Right. That's what I, I mean, it's not like it's natural bloopers that you just film. Right, exactly. You know, they actually have to animate these things. And the two that I like the most are when Woody falls into the piece of tape or the roll of tape he's sitting on. And he gets it stuck <laughs> on his butt. And then when they're dancing and Jesse pulls his string and he flies off of it and his string isn't connected anymore. And she's just laughing. She's just like. Well, they just do a classic. I mean, it's just like old school bloopers. Yeah. You know, like it it just looks like the end of a. Well, they used to do this a lot with like the Cannonball Run movies and, and that sort of thing. They would they would do these things. Yeah. But then how much more time did it take them to right. animate that? Right. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. But so worth it. So good. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I don't I don't know that I've got anything else. You got no, anything else about this movie? No. Um I love it. And uh I if you've not if you've not visited in a while, it's definitely worth your time. I I think that it's just it's 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 just really good. It's just really good. It is really good. That's all there is to it. And uh it's to me when I saw this, I will say this, when I did see this movie for the first time, I remember thinking that's so good. I can't believe that an animated sequel was this good and how good must Pixar be to so quickly turn around an animated sequel the way they have. Make it this I'm like they can do no wrong. Pixar can do no wrong. I was like this is this is literally going to be the most successful company ever in the whole wide world. <laughs> <laughs> I want to clarify something before we wrap up. Did this end up counting in that 5? Or no? I don't think so, no. Wow, okay. All right. So Let me look really quick here. Toy Story, Bugs Life, no. Because Cars, they ended up actually doing seven movies. Mm-hmm. Because Cars was supposed to be the last one, mm-hmm. which was number seven. But if you take Toy Story 2 out of it, then they had six films. Right. In the deal. Because, so, coming okay. up next is Monsters, Inc. Right. And then Finding Nemo and The Incredibles. And then Cars was supposed to be the last one. Okay. All right. But now we've gone from the original five to next summer we'll have 21. That's, that is incredible. And it's a, it's a testament to the storytelling of this group and, and what they're able to do. Not just the technology of it all, but, um, but, the, but the storytelling that, that they've accomplished. And um, it's just it's so much fun to go back and revisit all these things. Mm-hmm. So, Monsters, Inc. is next? Monsters, Inc. is next. Okay. We don't have a very long song to close out the show, Teresa, so you want to tell no. everyone how they can find us? Sure. All right. So, you can find us in between shows. We are on Instagram and on Twitter. We are at Disney Vault Talk. You can email us, vaulttalk at gmail.com, and we'll read emails on the show. You can find us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Disney Vault Talk. I am at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter and Instagram. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the entire Goliverse universe at Goliverse. That's right. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Geek Out Loud universe of podcasts. Yeah. That's what it is. And uh, if you want to support the shows, there's Amazon links at geekoutonline.com, geekoutpodcast.com, and bighonkinshow.com. Over at Patreon, it's patreon.com slash geekoutloud. We're doing Forceology once a month with Shaz Bazaar and myself, as well as weekly uh, up-to-date Big Honkin' shows. And so I know a lot of people have been asking for that. 
Uh, so we, I appreciate greatly everyone's help because you've been a huge help. And um, I thank you so much for all of that. So until next time we talk Monsters, Inc., I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. To infinity. Oh, yeah, and beyond. I forgot we were doing that. I need to change that. <laughs> oh, you are such a big girl. Andy, you think she's ready to drive the car yet? Yeah, and I can teach her. You still worried? About Andy? Nah. It'll be fun while it lasts. I'm proud of you, cowboy. Besides, when it all ends, I'll have old Buzz Lightyear to keep me company. For infinity and beyond. You're gonna see it's our destiny. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Way to take it home, Wheezy.